Hi everyone, this is Trish Kendall, your host for the Choose and Become interview series. I made five critical choices on my journey, on my 25-year journey to enduring success. I picked up the phone, which was a first choice. I committed to a two-way agreement. I built trust in myself and then inspired the trust of others. I created community and belonging. And finally, I chose to embrace my boundless capacity to give love and to receive love. Now, in this interview series, I interview people who I admire, and I'll introduce Sandy here in a second. I've asked people who I admire to come on and share a little bit of their insight, a little bit of their wisdom, some of their experience as it relates to these five choices in their lives. And so today I'm very excited to have Sandy Hahn with me today. I got to say, Sandy, three weeks ago, we did not know each other. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then our, we have, Crazy. yeah, we have a mutual friend, uh, Jenny Geis, who we both admire very much. And Jenny is like addicted to listening to Sandy's podcast. And Jenny and I are dear <laughs> friends. And she's also my business partner. And she knows about my interview series. So she's like, oh, you two need to connect. <laughs> and so she did. And she makes it happen. And it was funny. She made it happen in less than a day. <laughs> she did. Uh, first time I talked to you was three, four in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Yeah. And then you were on the my podcast the next day at two yeah. thirty and and you and you killed it. Oh. I had a lot of people a lot of comments. People were like, Oh my gosh, that was so Well, awesome. I feel like this is a continuation of that. So super yeah. quick, will you share with my audience? So those people that have not met you yet, will you share a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, Sandy Hahn is born and raised in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, 55 years old, very happily married to my beautiful wife for almost 30 years. We have three wonderful children. Madison is 26. She lives in London. Xander's 24, lives in Chicago, and Isabel's 21. She's at home right now. For summer, she's got uh, another probably semester and a half to finish at Miami University. And we love them dearly, very proud of them all, and can't wait to spend more time with them. We're going to go on a trip uh, in August next month to uh, Spain. Mm, with everyone. Oh. Yeah. yeah, very excited about that because it's been, uh, I've never been there. And uh, I'm just trying to, I want to keep doing stuff with them and traveling, you know, while I still can because there was a while where I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it, but uh, I know now that I am going to be doing it for a long time, but I want to do it as much as I can. So we've tried to do a trip every year um, somewhere with all the kids, uh, hopefully twice a year um, when we can coordinate everyone's yeah. schedules. So. And will you share a little bit about why you thought you wouldn't be able to make those family trips? Well, because of this horrible disease that I was diagnosed with, and it I spent over two years of just in misery. Uh, I was a roller coaster, some decent days, but a lot of bad days, a lot of really bad days where I couldn't move, I couldn't walk. And 
it was terrifying. I didn't think I was going to be able to do these trips because I didn't want to be a, a burden. But um, I'm fighting back and I'm, I'm winning. I'm beating this disease. I'm progressing. It's not. It's regressing. And I'm going to stay in this path. Uh, I'm never going back. I mean, you're inspiring to me from the very second that we spoke. Will, will you just articulate a little bit more for us about the disease, MAR? Am, am I, because it was new to me. Oh, it was new yeah. to me. I didn't know what it was. Right. Uh, and it's called uh, MSA. MSA. Uh, multiple system atrophy, because you can't type MSA into it to doesn't come up. You type multiple system atrophy comes up and you read about it and it's bad. And uh, it's terminal. There's no cure. There's nothing. And it's very comparable to ALS where your body just shuts down and you lose. You're dizzy. You have a time swallowing, talking and moving. And there are people who got this disease like was on this Facebook page, MSA Facebook page for a while. I'm, I'm not, not on that anymore, but, or someone was like, oh yeah, I was diagnosed. My mother was diagnosed or whoever, somebody knew was diagnosed in 2020 and they're dead already. And so I'm like, oh, that's great. I was diagnosed in 2019 and, but I'm beating it. And I'm, I'm trying to share with these people what I'm doing to be winning like this and because it feels so good but i don't get a lot of feedback from a lot of them it's 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 sad because a lot of them are just so it's just sad because it's a debilitating disease and i get uh, i was there i couldn't move couldn't get out of bed couldn't eat couldn't swallow crawling to the bathroom so it was horrible and you know the you know, the more I read about it, after they give me the diagnosis, initially I thought, okay, this is not a bad thing. And quickly learned it was not only uh, worse than Parkinson's and M or an MS, it was a lot worse. And the more I read about it, it just, it's depressing. And it just enveloped my whole body, you know, in the bad thoughts. And toxic thoughts, you know, just like stress and anyone else. But in this disease, it just multiplied and I couldn't move and went back and forth. But I, I finally found what has got me to this point. And we'll talk a lot more about that because it's very exciting. And, and I'm, I'm beating it. You are something. You used the phrase <laughs> with me when we first spoke that you that you were in or right about to become in the abyss. Yet, oh, I was you in, were in. I was neck. I was neck deep in the abyss and felt like I couldn't get out. And and I did. And I shared that journey on the podcast. You know, it's, I fin finished my 20th episode a few days ago, which is so awesome because I have so many more I want to do now. And it's leading to more and more stuff 
that I want to share with people. And it's just, it's really been amazing that it's, uh, it was a struggle. Uh, it still is. I mean, that's the other thing. I, last podcast, we've tried to film a little bit of me actually getting out of the car and going to the studio because it's not pretty. People see me talking like this because I can, I can talk better. Um, but walking is not easy. And, and they see me, but I do walk with my trainer, but it's only when there's nobody around and I'm on a flat surface that I can walk. And it's very, very difficult, but I'm doing it. And riding the bike and working out, she's trying to post all these things, which are awesome because I want that to inspire others. And it seems like it has, but they don't see the other parts of what I go through. And it's it's very difficult in the morning. It's horrible, uh, terrifying. And once I get up and get moving, it's much better, but it's still difficult. But I'm going to do another episode of my buddy Mark Lowry. He threw out an idea of his like, doing a, a day in the life. So I'm going to have him come up in the morning, film me getting out of bed. Yeah. That's a two-hour process. and But you can see how difficult it is to get moving. And everything from getting something to eat to showering. And then once I get ready, I'm kind of a different person. It takes three hours, but then I'm a different person. And then I'm out the door, get in the car go to my trainer and then after that i feel fantastic and i just want to go do stuff um so that's what i do and i do that every day and and i never miss out on several things that are key uh to me feeling this way and i go through that on the podcast we can talk about at some point here Uh, i'd love to share because uh, people ask, like, they can see that it's making a difference in me. I'm a different person. I'm like, yes, I am. I feel it, and they sense it, and I sense them sensing it. And it's just this amazing interchange. The energy is so positive, and I know it's making me better and making them better. It's like, I just don't, I never want to stop. I just want to keep doing more, and I'm going to. I hear and experience when I'm spending time with you that, I mean, you, you really have transformed your, your life, your mindset, your experience. And so I want you to take us through that a little bit more in the context of, we all have our own definition of ultimate success. And you know, you know, that, that what I believe when it comes to enduring success, true success, will you tell us a little bit about what does enduring success mean to you now? Or then uh, and now? <laughs> well, actually, I'll, I'll do both because it's a great question because the key word is there is enduring. Because mm-hmm. now I have enduring success and we'll get into that. But prior to that, my definition of success was just money. Trying to make money and it's not if you're trying to make money just for that and for the material things, even the people who do that, they're not happy. And I don't want that. I'd like to have money. Of course, we all would. But that's not the end-all, be-all. And it took me getting this disease um, to realize what 
I now have enduring success is what I'm doing right now and what I'm going to continue doing what it took this disease and struggling until I found meditation mm-hmm. and Dr. Joe Dispenza and it changed my life and I'm trying to I don't push it on people because uh, but if they ask me about it I'm going to talk a lot and luckily I'm having more, more and more people who want to like hear I'm like yes let's talk and I hope it happens more, but it's just, and it keeps getting better because it was initially I'd never done it before. I didn't know what I was doing. I watched some videos and I watched some online courses, but until I went and saw Dr. Joe in, a, on, in an event in person in Cancun, Mexico, floored me, absolutely floored me, changed my life. That was the impetus for me to start my podcast because I felt so good and I would people ask me about it and they were like wow you should write a book that's pretty inspiring and I'm like well, I'm gonna do a podcast and and I, I've always done things sort of unfortunately half-assed in my life but this is one thing I couldn't stop thinking about I've got to do this and and I, I did it and <laughs> it's really kind of shocking to think that but then once I started that there was a lot of episodes so I was not feeling good but I, I made myself do it and then by the end of the episode I felt better and even people would text and notice and even the guys producing like boy you start off and not so good and by the end you were a different person I'm like yes this is healing it's so therapeutic and it's continue to do that I think that's a big part of having a purpose now uh, in doing this and helping others. I was doing it first to tell my story to help heal myself. But then when it's the responses I got were amazing. Others were saying it's inspiring and helping them. And then that became the main thing, feeling I wanted. And that's enduring success of giving back and helping others and, and just constantly getting feedback after every episode it's just it just is driving me now and i'm just excited for the future to keep doing this and i don't ever want to stop tell me a little bit more about when you went through the process of meditating i heard you articulate to me how it I'm going to, I don't even know if these are the right words, you know, but, but how all of a sudden you, you were like more alive and maybe that's the bad, bad term to use, but it, like, no, I was. How, I was. how you were feeling emotionally, physically, spiritually, and the acknowledgement that that is what success is. We, I, I totally want my audience to hear this a little bit more about the process of you choosing to meditate. Yeah, it was, uh, it's a long one, but I'll try and get to the high points. You know, last summer was, you know, probably the worst I had felt. And ended up getting pneumonia, going to the hospital. I had some other issues, but I thought it was done. I had given up. And But prior to getting that sick, I, I had seen Dr. Joe on a on his website, Transformation Stories, which I recommend anyone go on and just watch those. It'll make you cry. It's so inspiring. And I remember seeing that and watching the videos and tell my wife, I'm like, 
I was bawling. I mean, you've got to see this. And she looked at it. She said, oh, that's nice. If it's making you cry, then why, why are you stop watching? I'm like, no, it's inspiring. I need to go see him. So I signed up for the event in Mexico. And then then I got sick. I, or I wish I had meditation to get through that. But I guess things happened for a reason. Because then I, once I finally got through it, and I started meditating on my own, so I started feeling a little bit better. And I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue. But I just, I had some idea because I watched his videos and online courses. So, but at basics, you know, I didn't know what energy centers were. Uh, I'd never done yoga. So I just would close my eyes and breathe and just try and relax and each part of my body. And when I did that, I noticed a little bit. I'm like, huh. I feel a little better. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while, but if you commit to it, it will change your life. And so it, that month I was doing a little bit and feeling better. And then I did the online class again, right in the weekend prior to going to Cancun. And it really resonated the second time I listened to it. And I sort of, things clicked. But when I got to the event, it still different it's weird uh i loved it at, when i first got down to the event in mexico on the first night and it's different again cultish uh people are singing and dancing i was just like yeah take it easy and then tuesday was the first full day and these days are intense I was up at 6 a.m. every day, and then one morning it was 4 a.m. Okay, I don't usually get out of bed before noon, so it was, I thought it would be difficult, but it wasn't. I was so excited to be there. And the first day was very difficult to learn about the energy centers and what they were and how to properly breathe to get yourself into the quantum field to get ready to really get deep. And I struggled all day trying to figure out the energy centers and the breathing. And then that night, uh, something clicked. And I felt this, it was beautiful, this aura of energy surrounding my body. And it was, it was awesome. But the, and earlier that day too, I like to tell people because I, I was struggling, but Dr. Joe had 10 experienced meditators up on the stage. And he's like, okay, we're going to, they've been doing this for a while. They're very good at it. And we're going to, don't be alarmed. They're going to all each get into the zone their own way. So he played music and everyone just sat and watched. And people started convulsing. And I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? This is awkward. And, but at that point, that's when I, I finally said, okay, you know what? I'm here. I got nothing else to do. I surrendered and said, let's just, just receive it. Bring it all, bring it all in. And I did. And then I clicked that night. And then the next few days I kept getting, I was getting better. You know, two days later, I'm convulsing just like these people were. And it was so happy. <laughs> and I was up dancing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, acting like an idiot. 
but it was fun. There's just so much happiness and love. It's it's a, it takes over you. And so I finished that the week it was just insane how good it was. I was a different person and then I came back again, that's one I couldn't stop talking about it. and I started a podcast and kept talking about it. and then and every day. I mean I meditate every single day, two or three hours in the morning. Usually half an hour to an hour late afternoon and then two to three hours at night. And I never miss it. Okay. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Because I am totally going to take us back there in a minute. Because you are going to continue to prove, not prove, confirm confirm some of my feelings here in a minute. When, when I think about your journey to endure, well, how about this? I believe that, you know, success really begins mm-hmm. by making a first choice. Like nobody can choose for us, but we have to make a first choice. For me, that choice was to pick up the phone, but I've made a series of first choices after that, that have contributed to my journey. I hear so loud about one of your, like a major first mm-hmm. choice being around meditation is there, like, just is that the first choice, or is there any other first choices that you made that got you to where you are right now? When you look back and said that impacted, absolutely, my and to endurance. It's success. like you said. There's a first choice, and then there's a number of other first choices that happen. And it's not like I even realized they were happening then. I do now looking back at it. And the first one was watching these transformation stories and saying, I got to go see him. I'm going to go see him. And then I had some, you know, setbacks, but then I, I got to go see him. And, and then the other choice was that that second day where I'm like, I'm not sure what am I doing here? And then I just said, you know what? surrender and just go all in because he's so many people say that about meditation you know they try a little bit here they try a little bit there and like yeah it didn't really do much for me okay that's because you didn't go all in and it's easy for me to do that because i had no choice i had nothing there was nothing so that's why i consider this a gift now this disease because it led me to hear, I wouldn't be here without meditation. Um, so once I finally just said, just take it in, let go. And it, oh, then I could receive yeah. the love and the energy was overwhelming. And I kept growing and through the podcast. And then I went back and saw Dr. Joe again in April in Denver for an advanced retreat. Holy moly, was that amazing. And I talked about some of that on my podcast. That was deep, deep, deep. And and I was struggling out there really bad physically. And then I got back and was doing better. And it's just really May and June, the last few months where I've still struggle. But once I get up and going, I have this routine and certain medications I take and I got to eat. 
and I get going, I can move and I feel better. And so I'm trying to stick that, that routine, but I do need to start, you know, going to bed a little earlier. Uh, yes. And <laughs> we talk so about I, this. when I do that, a few times I did it, I felt great in the morning. I get up early and I get moving and that's what I want to do. Uh, but, you know, I've been feeling so good at night. When I feel that good, I don't want to go to bed. I want to keep staying up and thinking and taking notes about other podcasts and writing other d ideas down because it's just so cool and it, it's hard to it's hard to sleep when you're that excited about the next day. Now, of course, I am excited about going to sleep because I know I'm going to meditate, and when we get to that place of gratitude and peace and love, and it's so wonderful, I can't wait. And just and I get there and I finally fall asleep and I sleep well like I have been better than I ever have with some new masks and stuff. And and then I wake up and I'm like, I feel so good and happy to be alive. Because all those nights where I didn't think I was going to wake up and now I wake up and I'm like, whoo, and I immediately drink some water go to the bathroom, lay back down, put my headphones on, and I meditate before I do anything for, again, at least an hour, usually two. And then I feel like I can get up, stretch, get some to eat, take some, and then, then I, I just go. And it just keeps building and building and building. And I'd like to go see Dr. Joe again. Um, so I know things sink it so much deeper. I'm just touching the surface and I'm doing awesome yeah. compared to how I was. And I'm like, I don't, now I want more. Because for a while, for a while, I was just like, just, I just want to be able to function. Well, now it's like, no, no, I'm, now I'm functioning. I'm getting better and I want more. I'm in no hurry to get there. I know I'll get there, but I enjoy the ride now, the process, and I don't want to rush it. I want to enjoy every day, every little thing. You're so appreciative. All these little things that you never were before. Uh, when you think you were dying or should have been dead already and you're not, you just, things don't bother you. You're so much more grateful to people and you don't get angry and you don't yell. You just sort of like, just, just be happy. You, you are really such proof of the power of a two-way agreement. So, you know, my the second critical choice I made was to commit to a two-way agreement. Will you share a little bit about what you, a two-way agreement that you've entered into and how committing to that two-way agreement yes, has great impacted question. you? I mean, I like want to answer for you because I feel like I know what the answer is. <laughs> this is why I should... yeah, you probably could. We've got to know each other so well through all this stuff, and and I think our journeys are so similar in a lot of ways of the feelings that we've come from and are at now. So you know, the first two way agreement that didn't work out so well was just you know, committing to working hard and being, that's going to give me success. And, and, 
I was again. I said I was committed to it, but I wasn't. I was doing half-assed, and so it just caused more stress, and I didn't do well. And and then until I got to the point now where through when I went to the first meditation event, you know, I thought I was doing some good things, but I wasn't sure. But now as I got there and was a little taken back, but then then, then at that point, when I said I now I'm committing. I'm, uh, my commitment is I'm in. I'm going all in. I'm not looking back. I got nothing to lose. I got everything to gain. And then when it starts working, now I'm making more commitments, like doing more podcasts and meditating deeper and reading more of his books. Yeah, well, I'm going still working early. on that one. I, I'm trying. I, did, I went to bed after midnight last night, so that's a Step in the right direction, but I'll, I'll get there once I get back home. Uh, it's definitely easier, but when you're on vacations, but you, and and I see, I see that in jest, but I but I am kind of serious. But like you've shown, you've shown that sometimes when you start out with the commitment, it's almost like an I have to, but then it oh, turns into absolutely. an I want to because it. Well, yeah, at first and then you said like I want I more. I wasn't sure if I wanted to, and then I said I have to, and now I'm like, oh, now I want more. I want to reach for more because I know there's more out there in this universe that can help me, and the, that I can help others, and that's what I want to do. And it's just that's my purpose. The third critical choice I made for me was to build trust and specifically to build trust within myself and then inspire the trust of others. Because at that time, in my early 30s, I couldn't trust me <laughs> and I had to start with that in order to earn the trust of others. Have you, has there ever been a time where you've said, like, I don't trust yes, myself most of my life um i think people i was trustworthy but i didn't believe i didn't trust in myself to do a lot of things that i tried i know i trusted myself to be a good husband and i know i was and i was a good father i know they all love me and i know that i had their trust but I was probably the one who's least trusting in myself and my ability to do things is that they just hadn't happened. And, and now uh, things have changed and I trust myself because I committed for probably the first time in my life. And I followed through on meditation on this podcast. I never ever imagined this would be happening the way it is, but now it's like, I can't imagine it not happening. And I want to do, a hundred. I'm just not going to stop. And, and I'm trusting now more than ever myself that that's going to happen and I'm going to do it. Uh, and I bet this all ties together, but, but tell us a little bit about how you ended up building that trust in yourself, building the trust uh, in yourself. Meditation. I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm going to go back to that, but 
that's what it was until I surrendered and let go and just felt at one with with God. It was like, all right, this is where I want to be. And uh, it just keeps getting better. Uh, It's just, again, I can't say enough about meditation. And again, I want to share with people as much as I can, because I know, I know it's that they're getting it because they're seeing me doing more, talking more, playing golf. I didn't think I'd ever play golf again. I played twice. I'm going to play probably next day or two up here. It's not going to be, it's pretty, it's hard to get around, but I'm doing it and I'm going to keep doing that and doing other things. And when I do those things, I think that's going to, other people are going to trust me more that, okay, this is not, a fluke. This is he's really doing this because I know some people had a lot of questions and they weren't sure. And then there was even people on this MSA Facebook page I'm no longer on who were questioning whether I even had it. They were like, didn't believe Otto. Oh, well, he's an exception. He not all of us can can walk and talk, and I can't walk and I can't talk. And I'm in the bedroom. Wait till he can't walk or talk. I'm like, whoa. It's like they're wishing me negative so i because i'm doing well and not feeling mired in self-pity like they are and then some people are like you know semi-proof is diagnosis i don't believe that's like what is wrong with you people yeah well i'm like i am out of here (laughs) yeah right uh i've observed with you that you you chunk things down like it, even it, you make these really good small choices that have built up over time and i think that is a way to build trust it's like it, even the way you say i fill up my water my water is there when i wake up i put on my headphones i start with an hour meditation i mean it's like you don't transform your life just by waking up one day no, it, and it, it happens. It, it takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, Dr. Joe would it's like people like, well, I'm doing meditations and why, why, why isn't something happening? I don't know, why am I in a healing or doing this? It's like, you're not doing it right. You don't just say, I want to heal this and I want that. You can get there, but you got to do it right. And you do that by, Surrendering, doing the right meditation, and feeling it throughout your entire body. And it takes 20 minutes to half an hour to do that. And when you do it, then you're at a point where you can receive. Where you're just sending out love and positive energy. And you're not wanting anything back. You're just doing it. And then what happens, it comes back without you trying the love and things start happening in your life and you're like wow that was pretty cool i mean i thought told you before i met you in the week i'm like something's gonna happen and then and you came into my life and it was beautiful and it just it was amazing and a lot of things like that happened just because when i'm meditating properly again i'm not pushing same thing with healing in general you don't do it to try, try and heal this. You 
you get that point in your body and then when you get to the right point and you're relaxing and gratitude send the love up again i told you you received the love comes back but that's where the healing starts too and it's amazing <laughs> so community 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 and belonging is so critically important to me and on my journey it was the fourth critical choice that I made. So I, I actually had to intentionally say, I want to create community and belonging. And now because of my community, like people like Jenny connect us and my community now has expanded and my sense of belonging has, has, has expanded just from now being connected <laughs> to you. But I digress. Will you tell us a little bit about how it feels to not along uh yeah it's well i felt i belonged majority of my life i had a nice childhood a lot of friends it was really cool it wasn't until i got into the business world and i mean i wanted to be a professional golfer that's all i wanted to do and i could never commit enough uh be disciplined enough to do that but so I got in the business world and and I didn't belong there. And especially in the insurance industry, I hated it. And I was in it my whole life and it just sucked. So many, just, it's a ruthless business and there's a lot of bad people in it who are not nice. And I couldn't do that. I just, I tried, I did okay. But I don't miss it. You know, I'm on disability now and I'm done. I'm never doing that again. I don't want to. Um, I just want to keep helping others, helping myself. Because I know I want to help myself. I'm able, better able to help others. And that's, that's all I want to do. Okay. So how does it feel to belong? And I might even add to this question with you, Sandy, how does it feel to belong and to help yeah, others it's, create their It's sense really of cool. Uh, Cause I know I'm, I feel the sense of belonging because of all the comments and responses from people. Some people I don't even know. Some people I haven't seen talked to since high school and they're commenting and telling me how they're watching and they can't wait and that it's inspiring. and. Just these long, nice stories that are amazing. So that feels good. And then to know that I'm helping others is, again, that's why I'm continuing to do this. Because uh, it feels so good. It's just to know that you're helping somebody else get through a hard time. Um, and because I did it. We did it. And when you share that with others, maybe you can give them some yeah. hope that they can do it. And then I want them to stay in touch. And uh, I'm doing that with a few people. So I'm going to, I want to help you. You know, I don't want to make a promise, yeah. but I know I can help. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I yeah. can totally heal them, but I, I know I can get them a better state of mind and that will help them relax. And that 
that would help everyone. So for, for me, I had to make those four choices, make a first choice, pick up the phone, commit to a two-way agreement, build trust, and create community and belonging. I had to make those four choices in order to prepare me for my fifth choice, which was my hardest choice to make. And that was to embrace my boundless capacity to give love and to receive love. So I want to end us with this question, with this choice. Will you share a little bit about a time that you chose to give? And actually, and I want to make a distinction of love as an emotion, which is not really a choice, and the act of love. And you've sprinkled all of that in through this entire interview, but the act of giving and receiving love. So will you just share with me a time that you chose to give all of your love? Well, I mean, and it's pretty easy. How did it it's feel? my wife and my kids. I've just always showered them with love and tried to make them laugh. You know, they they all think I'm very goofy, goofy because I'm, I do stupid things and try to make them laugh and I'm always laughing, but they're always like, that, that's not funny. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> but they appreciate, they know, they know I'm trying and they know I love them. And, and I get that back from them and, you know, other, you know, just good friends who know that I mean, well, I'm just trying to, you know, be funny and do that to spread love. And most of them, whether they laugh or not, they, they get it and they, I get it back. You know, some people don't, but, you know, I, I'm an acquired taste. My, my sick sense of humor, but I'm not going to stop. And then what was the other? No. And you. Can you hear me? Well, just how, just how does it feel? How does it feel when you, when you don't withhold love, when you just give it all? Oh, I want more. It, it's, a, it's, your heart is full, but you want more because oh. I know I can, I can give more and I, and I know I can receive more because there's so much more that I want to do that's going to help me mentally. I feel phenomenal, but physically I'm still struggling, but I'm not going to stop. And I know I'm going to keep getting better. And the more I keep getting better, I know that other people are like, wow, you're, you're moving pretty good. You're doing this pretty good. And then they, they get excited. You know, I was playing golf with my friend, Craig Notarini. He was filming a lot of the shots. I post a lot on my, website and I sent them a lot of friends and they were like, that's awesome because I was hitting the ball really good. Hard the last three holes, legitimately. And but the funny part people laughing it was listening to Craig laughing and commenting about, okay, Sandy here just got a par and I was and I would just hit a shot and they'd like, oh whoa, dude, that was awesome. And I'd laugh and I'm like, can you believe that? And then he would laugh more and we'd high five and, and did that for the last three holes. And again, that was the coolest part for a lot of people. Like just his comments about you were so cool. And it was so much fun. 
you, Sandy, you are awesome. Thank you. Uh, you know, when, when you say in 2019, you didn't know if you were going to live, like that is, that is the abyss you were in and you chose, you chose to not only transform your life, but create such enduring success and choosing to help others and inspire others on their journey to enduring success. I, you and I are of like minds because I believe with my whole heart, whole heart that we create enduring success and fuel the success of others when we choose to give all of our love and when we choose to receive all the love in return. And it's all I want to do. Elevated that. Elevated it. With you. I want to have you back on my, my podcast because it's, I got to tell you that the comments were really cool. And, and, and they said how much you touched them. You're so awesome. And I wanted to, I promised them, I said, uh, when I talk to her, I will tell her that because it was, it was a lot. It's pretty cool. Oh, well, you, thank you for taking, you're with your family, you're on vacation, I, you're I, staying out too late, so you need to go to bed early. My pleasure, I'm about to go <laughs> thank get you on for taking a this pontoon time boat and float around the lake. So, all right, take care. Thanks, Trish. See ya. Go. Bye. Thank you for joining me for our Choose and Become interview series. You could find this episode and others at trishkendall.com. Just go to trishkendall.com backslash choose-become-interview-series. Or if you have a question or just want to leave a comment, email me, trish at trishkendall.com.